it's so much easier to get in front of new people if you are offering a free newsletter, something that people can try out for free, check out and all of that. I, I disagree. So just like, just, uh, just really fundamentally, if every was a free newsletter, we would be out of business. Um, and the reason for that is... Welcome to Creator Debates, where we have stupid arguments to help creators make smart decisions. My name is Justin Moore. I'm the founder of Creator Wizard. I'm your host and referee. Today, we're talking about newsletters and whether they should be free or paid. You might be thinking, newsletters? What are we in, 1999? Are you using AOL dial-up internet? How big is your Beanie Baby collection? Don't look now, I think your Tamagotchi just died. Better go cry to your newsletter. Well, first of all, no, my connection speed is 897 megabits per second. I only had like 10 Beanie Babies and I had a Nano Pet, okay? But most importantly, you couldn't be more wrong. Newsletters are back, baby. And they're especially important for you, dear creator. That is, unless you like risking the entire future of your business on the whims and fancies of those sadistic social media algorithms. So look, I have a free newsletter where I share sponsorship opportunities every single week. Sign up at creatorwizard.com slash join, by the way. And at the time of recording, I've got about 13,000 creators on it. And I've had a bunch of people tell me, dude, Justin, this is way too valuable to be free. You need to make a paid version. Now, on the surface, it sounds pretty dope, right? I mean, let's do some quick math. Maybe I could charge 20 bucks a month for it. Then if just 1% of my list signed up, that's 2,600 bucks, right? I could buy like three or four dozen eggs with that. And if you're listening to this 10 years from now, there was a very dark period in human history where eggs cost a lot of money. You know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it. Anyways, even though the idea of making some extra dough sounds nice, I have some concerns and I'm pretty confused about which direction to take my newsletter, which is why I asked two experts here to settle this debate once and for all. Nathan Barry is a creator, author, designer, and the founder of ConvertKit, an email marketing provider that powers the audiences of over 500,000 creators, including my own. Full disclosure, ConvertKit is a sponsor of this podcast, but they had absolutely no editorial control over this episode, especially my awesome intro about Beanie Babies. Dan Shipper, on the other hand, is an entrepreneur and writer focusing on AI, tools for thought, and the psychology of work. Dan is also the co-founder and CEO of Every, a bundle of new newsletters, and podcasts trusted by 60,000 curious business people. So by the end of this episode, you'll know whether there are right and wrong times in your creator journey to consider charging for your newsletter, how to know what content to charge for and what to give away for free, and honestly, the only thing I really care about, who is a better creator debater, Nathan or Dan? So let's get into opening arguments. So Nathan, you're up first. Why does it make way more sense for creators to have a free newsletter? You have two minutes. Okay, two minutes, here we go. Uh, <laughs> I think it comes down to two things. So uh, the first is distribution and the second is monetization. So when we're talking about uh, growing an audience as a creator, the thing that matters most is, I think, reaching new creators and getting distribution for that. and. Uh, it's so much easier to get in front of new people if you are offering a free newsletter, something that people can try out for free, check out, and all of that. A lot of people that I talk to who run paid newsletters, which I'm actually a fan of paid newsletters too, but uh, for the sake get of debate, your corner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, for the sake of debate, uh, you know, we talk to a lot of people who run paid newsletters, and they struggle a lot with what should be free and what should be paid. Because if I have this really great piece of content and that goes behind a paywall, that means it's not going to get a lot of distribution. Um, 
But if I'm giving away all the best stuff for free, then what is someone going to pay for? And so you end up in this thing of, of what is the purpose of this content? The second point is monetization. So as a creator, if we're trying to make money, um, the question that I ask is, what's the highest value place that I can point this attention? Right? If I get someone reading my newsletter, if I um, signing up, you know, following me on social, any of that, what's the highest value place I can direct that attention? Um, is it to a, uh, you know, a course, an ebook, sponsorships? And there's so many options. And often, what I run into is I actually don't think that a paid newsletter is the highest ROI way to do that uh, because you know, you get into usually charging a fairly low price. Uh, a lot of people start their paid newsletters at $5, $10 a month. Uh, the churn on that's really high. You're getting people jumping in, not paying you that much to begin with. Um, and so it ends up not bringing in that much money. It ends up churning out after not that long. And you end up on this hamster wheel where you feel like you have to keep creating content all the time. So that's why I'm a fan of free newsletters and then pointing to other forms of monetization. And with that, I will concede to the floor to my good friend, Dan. <laughs> Very compelling. Dan, uh, it's your turn. What are the advantages to having a paid newsletter? Two minutes. Um, com compelling points, Nathan. Um, thanks for sharing. Um, uh, I, I disagree. Um, <laughs> that's good. I'm uh, so glad. So, <laughs> so just like, just, uh, just really fundamentally, if every was a free newsletter, we would be out of business. Um, and the reason for that is, uh, we actually, we, we have a, a really nice sponsorship business, but it's very lumpy. So, um, what, what, what we found is selling ads every month. It was, a, it's a great, um, kind of uplift to our normal subscription business. You know, it, for us, it was like a 20 or $30,000 business, but uh, when it a month, but when, you know, the macro conditions changed, it just almost went away, like almost entirely overnight. And that was like a huge deal for our business. And, but luckily we had a subscription business to fall back on. We have like 3,200 paying subscribers that pay us 20 bucks a month and that's not going away. And so for us, like having a core of the business, that's a, that's a, that's recurring revenue is like crucially important and allows us to make investments and plan and, um, uh, yeah, I just, uh, it's a, it's a way easier way to run a business than having to survive every single month by trying to sell as much as you possibly can every month as a new month. Um, I do think a lot of, a lot of the points you brought up are, are really interesting and important. So one is sort of this decision that creators have to make about what's free and what's paid. I think that's actually like a, a really big thing that we struggle with a lot. And you're right. Like, um, you end up trying to put your best stuff for free. So it spreads, but then you're kind of like, well, what goes behind the paywall and what we've actually uh, dotted every which I think solves this is we just have a metered paywall. So everything that goes out um, is free to a, a large percentage of the audience, and then to a certain percentage, um, they see a paywall, um, and that that eliminates the decision every time. And it allows it allows pieces to go viral, and it also allows us to monetize the percentage of the audience that really wants to see something um, and and is willing to pay for it to to get it. Um, so that's been like a really big game changer for us. Um, I think you're also right on the. I'll, I'll All right. stop there. You're going to have to put a pin <laughs> in it for a future round. Uh, interesting, fascinating. We're going to get into the what do you pay well, what do you what do you don't in a future round. But I want to get into uh, round one, okay, which is all about the initial launch. And so, Dan, I want to start with you on this one. Um, you know, when a creator uh, is first starting uh, their newsletter, uh, is it easier to start charging from the get-go so you establish that expectation with subscribers uh, rather than, like, having to broach it 
down the line. Uh, I'm curious about that. And also, how do you handle kind of the cold start problem? Like if you don't really have a large audience yet, yeah. um, like how do you, how do you, like, what do you do there? Two minutes. Um, I really think free to start is, is better. You want to, you want to get into this rhythm where you're publishing consistently and you're seeing consistent growth before you start, start to monetize. Um, I think we started to monetize at like about 10,000 or subscribers we turned on, we turned on paid. And I don't think anybody like you're not necessarily setting up an expectation that is hard to go back on. If you, you have a free newsletter and then you turn it paid, people are generally pretty like, oh yeah, it makes sense. You should get paid for this if you, if you want to. I think that's that's another that's another really interesting one. Lots of different people have different ways of doing it. There, there's many different methods to like build that initial audience. One of our big um, initial things that really worked is doing interviews. So um, if you can interview people who have audiences for your newsletter and you can produce a compelling, differentiated interview that they're <coughs> they want to share with their audience, <laughs> <coughs> yeah, go um, on, go on. <laughs> it becomes this like really good linear growth thing that every single week you have a new person that tweets you out, all that kind of stuff. Um, but lots of different people have different, different ways of doing it. You can, for example, say lots of controversial stuff about like whatever the current thing is of the day and that'll help you grow. Um, and so I think it's all about for, for a creator finding what your, what your move is that, um, that works for you, that the audience likes, and that can, that can kind of pick up steam and, and get you some growth. And that's just a matter of experimenting. Nathan, what about you? Um, you know, I think there's that saying that, people don't value something if it's free. So when you're launching, how do you articulate the quality if it's free? That's a, that's a good question. But I, I think that uh, you you articulate or demonstrate the quality through creating high quality writing and high quality content. It's one of those things, as someone who consumes a lot of content, you know right away, is this something that's engaging uh, that I'm learning from? you know, Or is it something that the creator rushed out there because they were you know, on a tight deadline or, you know, just like, Hey, I had to hit publish this week. So, you know, whatever. Um, and so I don't think you have to articulate the quality. Um, I think you just have to, uh, actually make it high quality. And now there are things in there, right? If you took, uh, some great quality writing and put it into an email template or a blog that had terrible typography, then someone might be like, Oh, this clearly they don't care. And they might skip over it. But I think that uh, if something's free, you demonstrate high quality by making it high quality. Um, you don't have to worry about how you, you know, whether it's free or paid uh, for that part of the equation. And then if you're doing things, um, like I believe that you should charge for content. And the discussion is really, should you charge, like what type of content, how, how basically how much of your content should you charge for and in what form? Should it be recurring or should it be you know, a one-off, like buying a course for $200 or buying a book for $30, right? You should find a way to charge for your content. Um, I prefer to sell things one-off for the most part. Uh, But then also, like as Dan's talking about, like recurring revenue is amazing. I run a recurring revenue software (laughs) business for a reason because, you know, not having something that's really lumpy that you have to worry about uh, what's coming up, you know, is challenging. So, I guess I would say quality comes from uh, what you actually invest in it, uh, how you package it, uh, mostly, you know, design aesthetics, um, uh, the format that you choose for it. And I've seen lots of free content that I've gone, wow, this is really high quality. And that is great for spreading. And then I've seen lots of paid content that I think, wow, this is really high quality. I'm glad I paid for it. And I would just set a consistently high bar for quality, whether it's free or paid. Fascinating. Um, Well, congratulations, gentlemen. That is the end of round one. So moving on to round two, let's talk about niche and subject matter, okay? Because I think 
that is a huge component. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, there's certain demographics or content verticals or just kind of types of subscribers um, that you're just going to have a hard time getting them to take out their wallets, right? And so, Nathan, um, I want to go uh, to you first on this one. Um, do you think that it just doesn't matter the audience, doesn't matter who you're serving, even if they're more affluent, that having a free newsletter is just always superior? No, I, I think that it matters a lot based on the industry. So, and like a free or paid newsletter might take very different forms. Um, like there's a, a creator that I follow quite a bit. Um, my wife is a big fan of hers. Her name is Shay Elliott, and she has a, a blog and newsletter called the Elliott Homestead. And she has this, this big free newsletter on ConvertKit. She also runs a cooking community, um, which is recipes and things like that, that I think she charges a decent amount for on a recurring basis. It's, it's technically like a monthly paid newsletter right of here's the content coming out but she's packaged it up even more she's not relying on that for top of funnel um it's very clear you know like this these recipes and these trainings are coming out over email um but it, it's very clear that that's different than what she's using to grow the list so i think that you can have um you can have quite a range in how you set it up and it's gonna vary a lot based on industry and so like what might work in food or homesteading or something like that could be completely different if you're talking about journalism, news, productivity, uh, business, any of these other categories. I think what also matters a lot is playing to your strength as a creator, right? If you, you know, were a journalist for a decade and now someone is saying like, hey, you have to show up on deadline and, you know, get this newsletter out twice a week because you're paying people. You're like twice a week. Sorry, I thought you meant four times a day. Oh, good. Like, <laughs> I have so much time to write this. But then there's other people who don't have those habits built up, right? They're not prolific writers and creators. And they might say, wow, I have to get a paid newsletter out every single week because there's a thousand people waiting for it who have promises. And that might be like, really, really challenging for them. Um, so you have to uh, base it not just on your industry, but your strengths as a creator and like how prolific of a content creator you are um, do you like deadlines? Do you like to stay consistent like that? Or do you want to, you know, pull a Tim Urban or someone else and like disappear for a long time and then come, come back with this like 6,000 word or probably in Tim's case, 60,000 word essay. <laughs> um, interesting. So, um, Dan, I, I want to bring you in here, uh, real quickly. I know you talked about kind of your metering model, um, but I want you to steel man this a little bit. Um, how do you actually determine uh, you know, what to charge for and what to make free, just generally, sure. if, if, if you didn't have the metering yeah, model, yeah. right? I've heard stuff like, oh, people don't, they don't want more, they want different or whatever, right? But yeah. what, what does that actually mean in practice to you? Two minutes. Um, I think that it's pretty, it, there's a pretty easy way to tell. Um, oh, the pieces that you write that are going to appeal to a broad audience and you feel like have a chance to spread, you make them free. Um, and then there's also pieces that you write that are sort of like, they're more in the weeds. They're more for people who are already a fan of you. Maybe they have like some really actionable key takeaways that people can use to like improve something about their business life or um, make a change in their life that's important to them, all that kind of stuff. Um, for like the true nerds and the true fans, you pay well that. Um, and and that, that's pretty simple. I, I think it's it's usually fairly easy to tell which kind of article is, is what. Um, it still is always a little bit painful to paywall stuff. Um, but over time, as you sort of like stack those bricks of a subscription business and you start to get the recurring revenue flywheel going, it's like becomes really, really worthwhile. Um, but that's, that, that's the basics. It, it, it's a fairly simple, um, uh, rule. 
Interesting. Nathan, I'm sure you want to chime in on that as well. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by ConvertKit in their Craft and Commerce Conference, which is happening June 8th to the 10th in Boise, Idaho. And tickets are going fast. This three-day event is designed to help you connect with fellow creators, learn from experts, and discover tools and strategies to grow your business. Craft and Commerce includes inspiring keynotes, workshops, like one from me, meetups, live ConvertKit support, and social events. This is the perfect opportunity to gain valuable insights, network with your peers, and have a blast doing it. Right now, you can take $50 off your craft and commerce ticket. Want to bring a friend? You'll save even more. Go to conference.convertkit.com. That's conference.convertkit.com. All right, Nathan, um, I want to get your thoughts on Dan's argument. Um, however, I also just want to throw the, I'm just going to throw a curveball, throw a wrench right into here, which is that um, I got to admit, I recently started accepting sponsorships for my free newsletter and that has been a pretty sweet incremental uh, income stream dan i will take issue with your statement that sponsorships are lumpy if you don't want lumpy sponsorships give me a ring but um i think that that like it becomes much harder if you have a you know more of a paywalled model um to uh, be able to sell that through to sponsors uh, on top of you know charging people so nathan i want to get your response on on just the, kind of those two what dan said about gating content uh what's free and what's paid but also just the kind of sponsorships for free newsletters yeah, I'm a fan of all of these models. And I think what's interesting and probably what, what Dan is thinking and wants to jump in with is like, these aren't mutually exclusive. You know, you end up with a, both a free audience and a paid audience. And, you know, sometimes people will say like, oh, go paid to remove ads. I don't even think you need to do that. Like, yeah. I don't think that um, removing ads is the thing that someone's paying for. I think it's like they're paying to support your work. So, so how you patronage. position that. Yeah, how you position that paid newsletter um, or whatever you're selling, I think really matters. And so in all of these models that we're talking about, you can do a free newsletter that's monetized with ads. You could do a, a component of that that's a paid newsletter. I actually have a paid newsletter. It has a key difference in that it's a one-time payment uh, for an automated newsletter over you know four months rather than like uh, every week, you know, every year. Um, and you could also do like a paid ongoing newsletter. You could do a course, right? You get all of these fit together into an ecosystem because there's a right, there's a fit between you as a creator, your industry, and then also that thing that you want to get out there and teach the information that is in your head that you want to share with the world has a correct format to it as well, or an ideal format. And so if you want to drip content out over time, a paid email course is a great way to go. If you want to be top of mind every Friday, same topic, same time, for everyone then you know maybe a free or paid newsletter where everyone's getting the same message at the same time is really important or it might be something you're like look this is a, a deep dive on something entirely different i'm gonna go like record a video course on it and sell that put it in the library and so none of these are mutually exclusive dan any thoughts there yeah i i totally agree i think um the key thing to remember is that being a creator running any sort of media business is hard um, and what, what you're doing, of the year. <laughs> <laughs> what you're doing fundamentally is you're figuring out ways to aggregate attention. And then it's your job to figure out how to monetize that attention as effectively as possible. And what you find is that over time creators and media businesses generally, um, monetizes in as many ways as they possibly can, uh, cause it's so hard to do. And so whether it's sponsorships, uh, whether it's subscriptions, whether it's courses, events, products all that, affiliates all that kind of stuff like every media business sort of runs the gamut to try to find which of those things is going to be the thing that works for them 
And I think often you like find a couple that like really work. And then there are a couple ones that are sort of like side things. Um, and so there's not one right answer. And in general, I would encourage anyone who's listening and, and thinking about being a creator or starting a media business to just like monetize as best and monetize it in as many ways as you can. Um, and that's going to be the best way to run your business. Well, perfect segue. I add a quick oh, thing to that. All right, uh, let's hear it. Just to, just to break the rules of the debate, I would say monetize it in as many ways as possible, but try like one or two at a time. Mm. Like yeah. Don't spread yourself in. So if, if we're talking totally. over like two to three years, like try these experiments. See how an ebook does. Do you like that format? Did you make good money yeah. from that? You know, paid news, et cetera. That's actually great advice, and it's a perfect segue uh, into uh, the next round. Well, first of all, that is the end of round two. Congratulations. Uh, but uh, let's get into round three. And again, what I think is the heart of this debate, which is business structure and growth. Okay. Quick anecdote. Uh, when I started my newsletter, you could not pay me for anything, right? I didn't have a course. I didn't have one-on-one -on -one coaching, none of that stuff, right? But I knew in the back of my, my mind that I would eventually monetize the newsletter, right? By offering, you know, th certain things on the back end, right? And, and yet at the same time, um, I know that I'm likely leaving money on the table by not having like a, let's say a paid version of the newsletter. Um, but I'm always really conscious of kind of the overall offer ladder, right? And, and not wanting to kind of erode my, my positioning. And so Dan, I want to go to you on this one. Um, how should someone like me balance all that? I mean, not, not wanting to kind of pump the brakes on the, on the free newsletter, something that seems like it's, it's working pretty well. Um, you know, but also not leave money on the table by creating a, a paid version that also provides a lot of value. Two minutes. Yeah, it's a really good question. I think um, it's just important to think about things as a funnel. Um, and at the top of the funnel, you're going to like, uh, you're using the writing or, or whatever you're doing, the podcast to like, create as much audience and attention as possible. And then there are various ways to, um, to monetize down down that funnel for people who have varying levels of ability, ability to pay and varying levels of like, interest in you personally, right. Um, and so once you sort of get that, you know, that audience going and you have you have a big enough base, then you can sort of try things and be like, well, what if I tried um, doing a, a paywall email as part of as part of what I'm sending out every week? Um, does that really trade off with like the free newsletter that you're sending? Maybe, maybe not. It probably doesn't trade off as much as you think. Um, and, and just keep trying other things. So like, um, I think, you know, doing sort of like one on one coaching, for example, is, like, is a really interesting one where you can potentially charge a lot for to a small number of people and, a, and maybe a one-off or maybe maybe a recurring way um that maybe that's a better thing to do at the outset than like having a subscription where it's ten dollars a ten dollars a month and maybe you only get like 10 people but like maybe those 10 people like you enough that you could charge them like 300 bucks or 500 bucks for uh, for sort of a sort of a coaching session so i would just sort of um lay out lay out a funnel um uh where the free stuff that you're doing is at the top and then there are varying uh uh, other products at different price points that you want to try um, that, um, you know, the ones at the higher price points are going to require are going to require only a smaller number of people to do them and just test them. And I, I, in general, I don't think there's necessarily as much of a trade off as you might think between building the audience and and monetizing it. Like there are trade offs for sure, but um, there are ways sort of around them where you don't where you don't have to like only pick one. Uh, all right. You're, you guys are starting to gravitate towards a similar position here, and I do not like that. Uh, but I want, Nathan, I want your perspective on here. Uh, again, you know, like, do you think that regardless of how you structure your business, just like like Dan's saying, just getting as many people into the top of funnel with like a free newsletter and just kind of continuing to grow the heck of that, is that kind of the solitary move? Or, or how do you think about it? Two minutes. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely thinking of it like a funnel. 
um, to build on Dan's idea, and I'm, I apologize that we're starting to agree more and more. <laughs> um, our true feelings are coming out. Um, but you like it, it's important that you think of it as a funnel, and the funnel starts much earlier than the newsletter. You have to keep in mind with email that email does not have a built-in distribution channel, and so that's why we're using, uh, you know, um, uh, like Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, you know, all these other things. Right, they have built-in distribution, whereas email uh, does not. As close as we get is, you know, recommending other creators, or you know, uh, if you write a, a newsletter that was really good, it gets shared. Right, but you have to have a top of the funnel that's uh, well before your newsletter, and then works all the way down through it, and then goes past the newsletter all the way through into something like coaching. I also think in-person events are really interesting. Away, you know, if you're saying, hey, if I'm monetizing. The, the the broadest point of my newsletter funnel with advertising, for example, on a CPM basis, right? There's 10,000 people that were making a little bit of money off of each one of them from that. And then at the very bottom, it might be like a an eight-person in-person event, you know, a mastermind that I run or something like that that people are paying thousands of dollars for. And now we've gone through that, that whole funnel. And the great thing is that person at the very bottom has paid you money all the way through. And so... Uh, it's got to be, you know, a much smaller group. But yeah, um, I, I apologize. I completely agree with Dan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to give you an opportunity to go back into your corners uh, to redeem, because, to redeem, to redeem yourself. Can we get into religion uh, or politics or yeah, something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be much more. Uh, that, that would be better. But uh, I mean, Nathan, Dan, it's time to make your final appeal. On uh, the other end of your camera, on the other end of your microphone is a creator who is relying on you to make this tough decision. So convince them why having a free or paid newsletter is the way to go. Nathan, you're up first, you have one minute. Okay, so I think for creators, getting the biggest distribution is the, the most important thing. And I would do that through a free newsletter. And then going from there, I would think about the lifetime value of what you can sell to a customer. So if we're talking, if we're selling a, a paid newsletter for $10 a month. You got to think about how long is that individual going to stick around as a as a customer. Um, the churn on these tends to be pretty high, especially when people make the mistake with the paid newsletter of going really cheap, like five or ten dollars a month. Um, if you're you know offering a better product at a higher price point, I think you'll have uh, some different churn. But you need to think about how much is this person going to pay if they stick around for you know five months. That's only forty five dollars at five dollars a month, or. Um, uh, that's not that's not the math but <laughs> anyway uh so let's say they stick around for five months at ten dollars a month right that's that's 50 bucks um and that's not that much money right you could potentially be selling a course or an ebook or something that would even though it's one off would make more money uh off of that that individual than you know the full lifetime of them on a recurring business now if you have something that's really sticky or you're doing something like selling annual plans, then you might have a much longer uh, lifetime value. But don't think of it in terms of just a recurring monthly amount because it doesn't recur forever. Uh, even in a sticky software product like ConvertKit, we have churn and you have to factor that into your equation. And then the other thing I would say is really tailor it to your style as a creator. You know, are do you want to have to uh, make sure that a newsletter goes out, you know, this week or twice a week when you're on vacation. Do you have to, do you want that pressure of making sure 
uh, of maintaining this ongoing obligation to your customers? Um, or do you want to make something where you could put in a lot of effort, do a, a product launch for a book or a course, sell it once, and then maybe coast for a while? So just think about your own content creation style and choose a model that works best for you. All right. Very compelling. Uh, Dan, I'm going to let you go a little bit over one minute because Nathan ate <laughs> up that clock. Uh, so you're up. Final appeal, Dan. I mean, look, if you want to scrounge month to month, wondering where your next dollar is going to come from, go ahead and sell sponsorships. Um, when the market turns, you know, don't come crying at me. Um, but if you want to build a business that compounds month over month, every single month, that maybe starts slow, but over time, you have a, a solid and growing base of people that are going to pay you every single month, almost no matter what, as long as you don't totally screw it up, try doing subscriptions. It's a really nice life. It, it really um, takes the stress off of building a media business and allows you to um, invest with confidence um, and feel like you're not on the edge of going out of business every single month, which I think is, is really, really, really important. And I think to the point about like, do you want to have an ongoing responsibility people? Do you want to like feel like you have to um, get stuff out? I really think that um, in this world, if you want to be as successful as a creator, you you just have to basically do stuff all the time. You have to be releasing stuff all the time. Some people get away with not doing that. I think that that usually happens like once you're already pretty famous and successful you can sort of get away with it but if you're completely unknown like dropping stuff like every couple years or every couple months or whatever it's just some people can do it but it's very 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 hard by and large the way to to do this if you want to make this your professional life is to do it all the time be shipping all the time be in front of the audience all the time and a subscription model is a really good way to finance that um that that sort of life and that sort of work style well, there you have it. Thank you so much, Nathan and Dan. And now you, dear creator, watching and or listening, who won this creator debate? You can vote by clicking the link in the episode description, or you can let us know on social media by tagging at creator debates, tag Nathan and tag Dan. And so Dan, uh, hit us with the call to action. Where can people learn more and uh, follow you on social media? I am at Dan Shipper on Twitter and check out every every.to um, and subscribe. Awesome. Why I love following you, Dan, you know, as a creator, uh, AI kind of intimidates me because it somehow feels like kind of an existential threat to my creativity. And honestly, your essays, your interviews uh, really help me appreciate how I can harness it to actually uh, make my work better. Um, and so thank you so much for that. Thank you. I'm really glad. Yeah. And Nathan, hit us with the CTA. Yeah. Uh, all of my stuff is at Nathan Berry on Twitter, NathanBerry.com. You should sign up to my free newsletter. Uh, you can also check out my paid newsletter uh, for a one-time purchase. Uh, I you can <laughs> you see in there. Um, and then uh, also check out ConvertKit. That's uh, what I spend all my time building. So uh, yeah, yeah ConvertKit.com. Why I love following you, Nathan, you know, I've been a creator uh, on social media since 2009, and it wasn't, uh, you know, until two years ago when I started my email list uh, on ConvertKit in earnest that I finally started to feel like I was in control uh, of my own destiny. And so rather than kind of getting whipped around by the social algorithms, um, you know, I, I, by the way, especially uh, your newsletter about money, which ironically was paid. Oh, my God, I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, <laughs> it's been uh, just like a massively helpful resource as I've kind of navigated this this next chapter of my life and career. So I, I appreciate you very much. 
Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah. And finally, you, dear creator, would you leave a quick review wherever you're watching or listening? It would mean so, so much to me and help the podcast reach more creators out there. All right, that's a wrap. Until next time. 